1: Welcome. We're so glad to have you with us today again for Jesus the Healer. We trust that you've been watching us on previous episodes of this series we're teaching on. We're teaching on victory over grief and sorrow, and we trust it's been a blessing to you because the good thing is our victory is so large. It is so far-reaching. Our victory is so great that there's nothing we shouldn't be experiencing victory over. And uh, grief and sorrow, we should have victory over it. That's what God planned for us. But we've got to become skillful with that victory. Amen. Um, We uh, have been talking about As I said, the book, my book, Victory Over Grief and Sorrow. And it comes from a place of me having to face some things. And my husband went home to be with the Lord unexpectedly back in 2013. And um, what God taught us as a family and as a church at that time, um, we want to teach that to you because, uh, the word works the same for everyone. If we'll do it. Amen. And God has something to say to us about those times of crisis in our life. And you say, well, that's not faith to talk about crisis. Let me tell you what, you better know something about faith when you come to crisis (laughs) and you better know that faith is for the crisis. Faith doesn't mean that you're dismissed from crisis. It means that you write the ending. You write the ending. According to the Word of God. And so having faith does not dismiss us from having opposition, but we just know what to do in the face of opposition. Amen. So that's what we've been talking about. And we invite you, if you have not seen previous episodes, go and watch them. Isaiah chapter 53, verse 4 is our golden text. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. That can happen. You can have grief and sorrow when a home is broken what about when a business is lost or a home is lost or something of importance to you didn't turn out the right way? What about when you are so acquainted with your own mistakes, your own faults, your own failures, your own weaknesses? It will wreck your prayer life that you start every prayer time with God talking about what you aren't talking about, oh, I failed in this, I failed in that. If that's our approach to God, we're invited to further renew our mind and learn who we are in Christ because we're righteous with him, not because of us, but because of what Jesus did. And so we come to him based on the righteousness that Jesus made ours in that we have to let go of the regrets of the past, the shame of the past, the embarrassment of the past. Once we repent and see, we need to lay those things out before God and repent. Absolutely. We don't make light of when we miss it, Mm -hmm. but we know this, it it takes the blood of Jesus to deal with it. And so once we confess something to God, And he forgives us. It is faith for us to say, "Okay, I resume living." That's an act of faith to say, "I receive forgiveness for myself," and you and you forgive yourself. Amen. And um, but grief and sorrow can come in at those times too. That that you you just don't forgive yourself. Well, there again, we have to be skillful at recognizing. Um, keeping the door shut yeah. to grief and yes. sorrow. Yes. Well, it happens too at the at the home going of a loved one that grief and sorrow can come in. So all these different times uh, that grief and sorrow can come in and trouble us, and the devil will certainly try to water that trouble. Right. But don't let him use your watering can. <laughs> the Bible says he is the accuser yes. of the brethren. He's going to accuse you with your faults. He's going to accuse you with your failures. Why? Because he wants to bring in grief and sorrow on you so that you start, if I could say this, turning in on yourself. Well, also at a time when someone goes home to be with the Lord, the devil is trying to rob your future from you by getting you into a place of grief and sorrow. And so uh, we just hold to what Jesus did for us. He bore our griefs and our sorrows. Amen. Therefore, No more struggle. No No more struggle. Um, I want to read to Ephesians chapter four, verse 27. Paul warns us something and he said, neither give place to the devil. Now look at this, neither give place. The devil can't take a place, but we can give him a place. And, uh, If we have given the devil a place in us, how can we give the devil a place in us? Grief, sorrow. What about this? Unforgiveness, Uh, offense, uh, 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 bitterness, uh mm, fear, all these, worry, (laughs) doubt, all these things give him a place. Mm. Anything that comes from him, he's looking for it to find a place in you. But he can't force a place in our life. We have to give it to him. And, uh, one way we give him a place is by not disciplining our thought lives.
0: It's huge. huge.
1: We don't realize that when we take a worried thought, a fearful thought, and we turn it over and over in our head, we are, we're opening the door to something and it's not God. It's a wrong flow. What is that? We're giving the devil a wrong place. We're, we're not purposefully saying devil, I'm going to give you a wrong place today. No, we're not intent intentionally doing that. But unintentionally, just by not being watchful, yes. we can give him a place. Right. And uh, the good news is, if we gave him a place, mm-hmm. every place we gave him, we can take back.
0: Oh,
1: right. <laughs> Amen. Just because he's been on it doesn't make it more his. That's right. Amen. That's right. Amen. Um, You know, if a thief comes in and they steal something from a family, Mm -hmm. let's say they steal a television from a family. Let's say they had that television for 10 years. Did that make that more theirs? No, still not theirs. I don't care how long the devil's been trying to occupy a place in your life. That place still in his, take it back. back. Amen. Take it back. But one way, as I said, that we give place to the devil is by not disciplining our thought lives. Mm -hmm. Um, If we become entrenched in the mental arena, how do we do that? We ask and entertain wrong questions. Oh, wow, wow,
0: wow, wow,
1: wow, you, say, you know, I, that's one thing with my husband's home going, I didn't say, the day he died, I didn't say, what am I going to do? Yeah. What's going to happen with this? Well, I didn't even touch questions yeah. in. Yes. That is not the time for questions. Right. Yeah. That's the time to fortify my flow.
0: Yes.
1: I'm choosing my flow. Yes. I'm, I'm, I'm staying in that peace flow and I'm not even touching on anything that could draw me out of that flow. So there has to, we have to know part of skill is knowing when to address something Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and when not to address something. Um, In a marriage, the wisdom of a husband and wife includes knowing when to bring up a topic, (laughs) right? (laughs) There's a time to bring up a topic and talk about it. And then there's a time, don't touch that right now. Don't, don't, don't touch that right now. Don't you, haven't you as husbands and wives, you find that out. As a, as a child, you learn that with a parent, if you're wanting permission from your parent for something, there's a time to ask and there's a time not to ask. That's not manipulation. It's wisdom. There's a time. Uh, if, Four of the kids just got told, no, save your question till later. (laughs) Right? There's a time. No is flying out too easily. Let's wait until possibly the door can flip and there's a yes on the other side of that door. I mean, a kid has to pay attention. When's the time? Even so, when a tragedy strikes, when crisis comes, there's a time to touch into things and that is not always the time that everything has to be addressed. And I knew that. I thought if I knew this, uh, the day of his home going was not the time to start solving life's issues. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's Don't touch them. Right. Don't touch them. There's time for that later. What I need to do right now, as I said, establish the flow I'm in. I'm just worshiping God. I'm staying in his presence. I'm hooking up to my spirit. I'm unhooking from that mental arena. How do you know if you're in the mental arena if you're asking questions? Yes. Um, another way that we can get entrenched and open the door to the devil in our thought life is through um, getting under a sense of guilt and condemnation. Oh, I should have done this and I should have done that. Well, we all should have done something different. We all should have done better. We all could have done better. Amen, but that's, that's, the, that's the flow of the accuser, the brethren. He's always going to find something. Now, see there again, if we're going to keep the door closed to grief and sorrow, we cannot open the door to guilt and condemnation. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Um, another thing that we have to discipline our thought lives on is that we do not dwell on what we no longer have if we don't have a person here in our life, if we lost a business, if we lost a home or something was lost, to dwell on that will entrench you in the wrong flow and open the door to grief and sorrow. Then by letting our emotions run unguarded, just just letting ourselves just fall apart. <laughs> I remember my mother You know, she'd say things to us kids that we go, "Well, that's his mother." (laughs) Anybody do that? That's just mother. But when we got older, we go, "Oh, that's reality. (laughs) That's not just mother." My mother, of course, we were raised in a denominational church, but my mother really—if you looked at her life—she governed herself by the principles of the Word, even if she didn't know all the scriptures that we teach today. Um, but she was governed by the principles of the word and she held herself to a strict standard. But there were times when there was a lot going on, you know, with four kids. And um, mother basically, my dad was a farmer uh, my mother basically raised us single-handed, at least the last two girls. The first two were boys. The, the last two of us were girls. And so the girls, we were with mother more. So uh, maybe daddy was, and I think daddy probably was a more um, present with the boys because he got them on the farm. They're, 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 on the, they're on the tractors and they're plowing, you know. So he was with them more, but daddy didn't have that time with us. But there were times in mother, as I said, primarily uh was taking charge of the home because Daddy was gone so much farming. And Mother had no regrets that she was the one home with us. She could handle it. But there were times, I remember and I look back and I remember her saying, what are you doing, Mother, today? I am just trying to hold body and soul together. (laughs) (laughs) Well you? I meaning this? I can go another direction right now, and I'm keeping myself from going the wrong direction. Well, that's a principle. That your your emotions, your flesh, your own thinking may want to go another direction, but you better hold body and soul together, and you do it with the word. You do it with the Word. Amen? And it's not a hard thing if you know what the Word says, but I I chuckle because I heard that so many times. I'm trying to hold body and soul together. (laughs) I heard that even when she was, days before she went to heaven, she was saying that. (laughs) Uh, You cannot let your thought life run in an unguarded direction. You just can't let it go off anywhere it wants to go. You just cannot. It It will it will take your life into a place of difficulty. Um, Your mind, your emotions, your feelings are not a worthy leader. They're not equipped to lead. And if you let them lead, they will take you into failure because they're not qualified to lead you. Your spirit is qualified to lead you. And um, that's why you can't just we cannot just let ourselves sit down and just go on in our emotions Mm -hmm. day after day after day after day because it will end you up at a place that you don't want to be. You don't want to be. You don't want to allow difficulty. You don't want to allow yourself to use difficulties to gain sympathy, Mm -hmm. to gain attention from others, to gain... um, well, mm-hmm. self-pity
0: mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah,
1: yeah. will put you in a really difficult place. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, to try to gain sympathy from others mm-hmm. will get you attention maybe, yeah. but it's not yeah. the attention that's going to help you. Amen. Yes. We want the attention that helps us. You know, Amen. when we know the Word and we've been taught the Word, sometimes it's such a help for maybe a fellow congregation member call and say, how are you doing today? Well, I'm... St- Uh, you know, I'm, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. And they say, well, let me tell you, you remember what pastor said Sunday, you better hold on to that. You know, you need somebody to talk straight to you sometimes. And it's a kindness. When God puts people in your life and they're straight talkers to you, that's a kindness because, uh, we don't want to pet the wrong feature of our life. We don't want our, the wrong feature of our life to have attention wrongfully, and that's our emotions, our feelings. Yes. I'm not saying that we don't show emotions or have emotions or feelings. I'm saying they're not worthy leaders. Amen. Wow. Amen. If, they take, if they take the lead, they take us into a, a wreck. Yes. Yep. They will take us off the road. Yep. We'll end up in a ditch. That's
0: right.
1: Amen. Amen. So, never use difficulties to gain sympathy and attention from people. Yes. Amen. Amen. Um, because the devil gets in on that. Mm -hmm. He gets in on that because he loves having you in the mental arena. He loves trying to get you into that emotional arena because it doesn't take much to flip those emotions from one place to the next. Amen. Just know this, anything that puts you down, anything that accuses you, condemns you, makes you fearful, worried, doubtful, frustrated is the enemy. Yes. Any of that is the enemy and you're redeemed from all of it. Amen. Amen. Luke chapter 10 in verse 19, it reads this. Behold, I give unto you, I give unto you Mm -hmm. power or the word is authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Now, I want to read this verse and I want to insert something here. Because people will make this confession, nothing shall by any means hurt me. Nothing shall by any means hurt me. That's talking to the one who's exercising their authority. Now notice that. Mm -hmm. Behold, I give unto you power or authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And when you're using your authority, nothing shall by any means hurt you. But if you're not going to use your authority, things can hurt you. When you're using your authority, none of these things that you're walking over and treading over will hurt you. And so use your authority over your own thought life. Use your authority over your own emotions. There have been times that my mind was racing and I'd speak to her and I'd say, no, you don't. No, you don't. I speak peace to my mind in Jesus' name. You will not run off like a wild animal. You know, I talk to myself. And I certainly talk to my emotions. Nancy, you can have a good cry if you want, but you're not going to do it for a long time. And I don't know, is there a good cry? Well, maybe yes. You know, maybe there are these things that, you know, if I could say this, because we we have emotions. We're not colorless people. They color our lives. But we cannot we cannot let our emotions be the start of our day, the middle of our day, and the ending of our day. And we can't just let it go on and on and on and on. We take our authority and we deal with ourselves. Amen. We deal with the devil who tries to push on us. Yes. Amen. Amen. Um, notice this. Jesus said, behold, I give you authority. Yes. Now, if he's given it to you, it's not his anymore. Right. Yeah. People are wanting Jesus to get things to leave them alone. Mm-hmm. But he's given us the authority so that things don't enter. Yes. And so we can run things out that we let get in. Right.
0: Yeah.
1: Amen. Amen. Yeah. We're going to have to use our authority even at times of crisis. To deal with ourselves, not just to deal with the devil, but to deal with ourselves. Say, no, you don't. (laughs) Emotions, you will not. Mm -hmm. You will not. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Lord. You don't have to wait for God to do something about that which tries to trouble you. You can deal with it. Amen. 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 Um, James chapter 4 and verse 7, we know this passage. It says, resist the devil, Mm -hmm. and he will flee from you. Know this, the moment you resist, he's gone. He's gone. And you say, well, it doesn't feel like he's gone. Just because you feel the momentum of him having been there doesn't mean he's still there.
0: Yes. That's good. Oh, yeah.
1: Now, um, have you ever driven a car for a long distance, a long travel? You turn the car off and you walk by the car and for some reason you touch the hood of the car and it's still warm. Yes. It's not still running. Just because something is warm doesn't mean it's still moving and working. It's just the after effects of something having been, of that car having been run. It's the same thing with the devil. When you resist him, he flees. And just because, uh, just because feelings, are still uh, at heightened, or a certain thought still tries to come? No, that's not because the devil's there. That's just a sign that he has been there, and there's momentum to that. Yeah. You just keep, you just keep thanking God that 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 you have authority over that, oh, yeah. and that thing will stop. That momentum yeah. will slow down. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Resist the devil; he flees. Yes. He flees. Yes. Amen. Yes. What you don't resist, though, has permission to remain. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's very So if something's remaining too long, resist it. Amen. Amen. Speak boldly. Tell it to go. Fight the good fight of faith. Fighting the good fight of faith is for a time of emergency, for a time of crisis, for a time of tragedy. It's for those times. Amen. Amen. When troubling thoughts, accusations, fearful thoughts, wrong thoughts, you better answer them with the word. Don't wait for them to leave you alone. Shove them out. (laughs) Shove them out. Shove them out. Amen. Learn to recognize that not all thoughts that trouble you come from you. Right. Mm-hmm. Every thought that comes to you doesn't, every thought that comes to you doesn't come from you. And part of the skill of living a life of peace and joy is recognizing wrong thoughts. Yes. 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 Recognizing something that might not be a big deal now, but if you keep going that way, it'll be, it'll dig a deeper hole. Mm-hmm. Recognize a wrong thought before it becomes a huge problem. Yes. Uh-huh. Amen. Amen. Second Timothy chapter one and verse seven. We know this passage. I've taught on it for months in pre- on previous episodes when Paul wrote to Timothy and he said, God's not given us a spirit of fear. So what do we know that Timothy was dealing with? Fear. He was dealing with a spirit of fear. And, and, um, Paul is recognizing that God's not given us the spirit of fear, meaning this God's not cooperating with this. God's not authoring this. God's not using fear to teach you something. Can you learn something? Sure. But it's not God's way of teaching you. It says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but what has he given us? A spirit of power and of love. Look at this, and a sound mind. Part of our inheritance in Christ is a sound mind. Grief and sorrow comes to undo that sound mind. Amen. A sound mind is free from fear, worry, doubt, depression, anxiety, panic, confusion. All these are symptoms and the offspring of fear. Amen. And these things come to everyone, yes. but they don't have to live with you. Yes. Use your authority. Yes, right. I said, use, use your authority your and, um, we must discipline our thought life to not allow them to go just any direction. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you raise kids, they must be disciplined so that you keep them they're, keep them safe. If yes. you don't learn to keep, if you don't discipline your children to keep them out of the road, they're not safe. Right. They're not right. safe. Right. Yeah. Well, if you don't discipline your mind to keep it out of the ditch, mm-hmm. That mind will lead your life in an unsafe place. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Amen. So we have to discipline that which we want to protect.
0: Right.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Amen. Yes. So we discipline our thought lives. And not a lot of people recognize that that's their responsibility, but it's our privilege to do that. Yes. Amen. Yes. The Word has much to say about disciplining our thought lives. Yes. And uh, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13, Peter was writing. He said, gird up the loins of your mind. Oh, yeah gird up the loins of your mind. That means don't let your mind just go any direction. You determine what you think on, what you let enter your mind. Now you can't stop what things come to your mind, but you can stop them from entering your mind that you're not turning that thought over and over and over in your thought life. Yeah. Thoughts will come and hammer on the door of your mind. Just hammer and hammer and hammer. Amen. Just because you can hear it hammer doesn't mean you have to let it in. You're not obligated to open your door to anything Why? or anyone. Yeah. Just because you knock doesn't mean you're getting in. Right. Amen. 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 Second Corinthians chapter ten, and verse five. This is such a huge thing to us being skillful at keeping the door closed to grief and sorrow. Yes. Second Corinthians chapter ten, verse five casting down imaginations. Yes. Look how violent those, yes. to me, that, that's not a passive approach. No, that's right. yeah. Casting down. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I mean, uh, you throw it down in such a way it can't even, it's crippled. Yeah. It can't get back up. Right. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Cast that thing down. Yeah. Yeah. Casting down imaginations. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, every imagination that comes is not something that needs to be cast down. Right. But if it exalts itself against what God says, yes. that's when, oh, you're not living here. Uh, imagining the worst. When someone goes home to be with the Lord, if you're not careful, you'll imagine, I'm going to lose my home. I'm going to lose my business. You're imagining things that need to be cast down. I wouldn't let my mind go there. I cast down anything about that. How am I going to pay for this house? I'm not touching that. That's an imagination of worry. I'm not going to do it. You have to pay attention. As I said, you have to be skillful at catching wrong thoughts. And you cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Mm -hmm. Meaning this, you can't use wrong imaginations and wrong thinking to gain attention from people. Uh You better cast them down. And what you're using, you're not casting down. If we're still using things, Mm -hmm. uh, that's why they'll trip us up. We can't use them. We can't, use, we can't use the circumstances of our life to try to get people uh, the, the attention wrong. It, it's, a, it's a wrong kind of attention. I said it's a wrong kind of attention. Well, I want to pray for those of you who you say, Pastor Nancy, I'm struggling in my thought life. I tell you what, you can walk free today. We're teaching you how to walk free. But if you'll reach your hands out toward that screen, we'll pray for you and release our faith. You release your faith. Satan, I tell you, you take your hands off their minds in Jesus' name. You take your hands off their life, off their home, off their families, off their bodies in Jesus' name. And I say, be free in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we want you to go to our website at Ministries.org, and you can order your copy today of victory over grief and sorrow there's much to learn it'll be a blessing to you and until next time remember this jesus is the healer god bless you
0: to watch or listen to today's message and other messages by nancy Defrane, visit Ministries.org. in the book victory over grief and sorrow Nancy Dufresne shares from firsthand experience how even death is no match for the mighty force of peace that is available to every believer. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. The timeless truths in this book, Answer It, reveal how to answer every opposition and the steps to take to exit times of testing. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. Come join us for our Defrain Ministries Miracle Crusade in Ontario, Canada at Promise a Life Church, August 27th through the 31st. For more information and to register, visit our website at DeFrameMinistries.org. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DeFrameMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store.